I like broke my toe yesterday. What? You've not been back in soft play again, have you? <laughs> that was also September, like two years ago. There's clearly a running theme. So what happened this time? I think I've just stubbed it really badly because when I did break it on the rope bridge in soft play, I literally heard it snap. But this time, it just really fucking hurt. And now it's gone purple. I mean, I'm no doctor, but toes should not be purple. Right. Unless you've been climbing a mountain. <laughs> or you're Barney the dinosaur. Of course, he's allowed to have <laughs> purple toes. Yes. I once turned on some Christmas lights in a shopping centre with Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> no, you didn't. True story. Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello, yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it, but of course we start each episode by looking back at the last one, last time we were chatting about... It was Claire talking about having a creative business that is no longer creative. Ah yes, Joanne Coop got in touch. She says, it's a tough one and not something I think you can change overnight. But as with lots of things in life, you get what you give. I think if you showcase and talk more about the work you want to do, showing examples of your work and introducing yourself to new people as a book cover designer, then over time, this is what you will start to attract. Good luck. Ross Wintle says, I can't help thinking that teaming up with someone who's a dedicated techie and less creative might be helpful. I'm not freelance anymore, but I was... But still listening, Ross. <laughs> still listening. We've still got you. <laughs> he only stopped like a couple of weeks ago. It's all right. He doesn't have to listen anymore, but he is. <laughs> Appreciate it, Ross. But I was often in the situation where I needed some creative design skills to team up with. Maybe partnering up is a possibility, freeing you to do creative work while maintaining the existing flow of work. And Laura Mingotti-Marsh says something similar. She says, I would recommend forming a partnership with a freelance developer. I have a developer whom I assist with design work and I pass him the tech side of my jobs. We present as a unit or as individuals depending on what is right for each job. The client gets an expert in both fields and everyone does the work they enjoy and are good at. Win-win! So, so, end of September. Do you remember? Yes, I do. Sorry, I've got to stop. Please don't sing every episode. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? It's been a busy couple of weeks. Took our daughter to the Blenheim Horse Trials. Oh, yeah. She's a big fan of horses. But we were mainly there because she watches a YouTuber who does videos about horses. And that person was there. She's like a horsey influencer. There is literally... An influencer for everything. Honestly, it was like this person was a celebrity. Well, she is. Did she have Barney the Dinosaur with her? No. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? Well, I appear to have joined a... I'm not going to call it a choir. I'm going to call it a vocal group. Oh, my God. (laughs) Really? So I went on like a trial basis last week and absolutely loved it. (laughs) Is it like like Sister Act? Um, Or is it more like Military Wives? No, God, no. It's definitely a vocal group. We make noises with our mouths rather than, you know... Rather than what? Putting your arm under your armpit and squelching. <laughs> yeah, it was just great. I loved it. Oh, that's so nice. And it was just cathartic after a very long time of, yeah. you know, not doing that sort of thing. Moral of the story is it's so easy to just like do the parenting, do the job, go the fuck to sleep. Even that is quite hard. You, yeah, it's exactly. quite easy. <laughs> But yeah, just recommend it. Just go and do the thing. It brings something so different to your like day-to-day reality, basically. Makes you happy for different reasons. 
Okay, here we go. Episode 72. And it's an anonymous question. So we need to get if you're not aware of this, that means we don't like to say anonymous. So we try to pick a fantasy name generator detective name because they sound just about realistic enough. Here's some to choose from. Vicky Adams. No. Brittany Ace. No. Sandra Shepard. Serena Steele. Yeah, nice. Okay, so this week's question comes from Serena Steele. Serena says, I'm expecting my second baby later this year. Do you have any tips on planning maternity leave, pre and post birth, and maybe around lining up work for 2022? I don't want to prepare too much because I don't know how I'll feel after the birth, but I also don't want to go into this without a plan. I love the idea of taking all the time I need, but I don't know how realistic that is. I guess I'm worried I'll have to start all over again when I come back. Help! Thanks, Serena. I would like to start this by saying... Congratulations. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's start with that. Congratulations! <laughs> Woo! Cute confetti. I'm amazed we've got to episode 72. In general. It, well, yeah. <laughs> but we've got to episode 72 and we haven't really talked about this yet. Like, we've touched on it in a different way in a yeah, couple of point. other episodes. Yeah, but yeah. we haven't actually done an episode about taking maternity leave. So this is uh, s- uh, maternity leave for a second baby. Yeah. Which you did three years ago now. She just turned three. Yeah, Serena says, I don't want to prepare too much because I don't know how I'm going to feel, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to go into this without a plan. That is exactly it. <laughs> the one thing you can guarantee is that it will be unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to show up. You don't know if they're going to sleep. They don't know anything about how you're going to feel second time around, how your body might feel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are so many unknowns whenever you have a baby. So like preparing is key, but preparing for the unknown is a huge part of that. Sometimes contemplating the way things can play out is a good enough plan, right? Yeah. Like when you have proper businesses... They do like risk assessments for shit, right? Contingency plans. Contingency plans, right. What's the range of things that could occur in this situation? And what are we going to do in reaction to bring the risk down? In this case, you know, the risk of losing money or your business not surviving or whatever. So yeah, I think it's twofold. One element is to do the prep. What are the things you can control? You know, you've bought the buggy and the nappies and whatever else. But do the prep for your business as well. And then risk assess. Look at what the risks are. Maybe... You're going to labour when you don't expect to. Maybe you're going to take longer to recover from the birth than you thought. Maybe you have a super active baby that never sleeps. And then think about what you can do to prepare for those things happening. Like, what is your plan? How is your plan going to allow you to go off plan? So what can we plan? What can we control? So communicating with your clients telling them what's going on, how much you hope to take off, uh, when you hope to return. If you're going to manage it through somebody else, like outsource, for example, what they should expect from that process, that kind of stuff. And another major prep is saving as much as you possibly can financially. So taking on as much as your body and mind will allow while you're pregnant to build up a buffer. That means you've got some savings money-wise in your account while Mm -hmm. you take maternity leave. Things we talked about on previous episodes about batching and preparing content in your business there was that episode we did about staying visible over the summer holidays do you remember like ages ago and a lot of that applies here like you're taking time out of your business basically so in in the episode we did for ben it was about the six weeks over the summer holidays but in this instance it's maternity leave but like a lot of that same stuff applies around batching content um scheduling stuff keeping people aware that you exist so that when you do kick back into work people are waiting for you to return 
See, a big thing to prep and a big part of this question is around how to line up work after Serena has had her baby. And clearly I've not had maternity leave. But comparing it to the summer holidays, as you mentioned, what I try and do is like ask regular clients what is so important that maybe we can get a head start on it so that Mm -hmm. we finish it before the summer holidays. And what can we agree that we're going to come to after the summer holidays, which feels nice because it means you know that there's work that you're going to come Mm -hmm. back to, which is non-urgent. But you also know that there's this big chunk of work maybe that you're going to do now to earn you extra money before the summer holidays. And they're happy. If you bring it up, it means the clients, even though that's not their schedule, it's your schedule, they can start to work to it. And I, I think that's quite It works for the summer holidays, but I don't see why that wouldn't work for maternity leave, right? It's a really good point about trying to confirm jobs with clients when you're coming back. Crucially, you want them to understand that there's flexibility there and that, you know, that might be earlier or later than planned. But yeah, agreeing to some elements of your work lined up for when you get back. And crucially, if you don't already, asking for at least a deposit, if not full up payment for those jobs that you have lined up for the end of your maternity leave. Because having some sort of cash coming in while you're looking after your baby, do it. (laughs) Do it, do it. If you're not already asking for a deposit, now is the time to introduce that idea to clients so that they pay something now. Then you have that buffer while you're on leave and then you carry on with the rest of the projects and get paid in full at the end Mm. once you're back working. You can't control when you're going to go back to work necessarily, but you can control who you're going to work with and how flexible those people are you don't want to like commit to fixed days to return to like i'm going to work for this client in six months time on x date it's like a massive jenga puzzle juggling a newborn and work and if one piece falls out it can all go horribly wrong very quickly so having flexibility around those jobs you do commit to is really key so like i don't know be proactive in speaking to those clients that you know are super nice and super flexible and will get it if you need to push back or even bring it forward rather than Yeah, committing to work at the end of your maternity leave with people who expect you to be there. Yeah, see, a lot of this is communication, but of course we can also communicate without knowing that we're communicating. I'm talking about the stuff which is automated. If you're somebody who's already like doing some form of email marketing, take a look at what your automations are that you have in process. Mm. So what are people going to get? Because you don't want them getting the wrong communication. You want them to know that you're not available right now, for example, but you're about to come back. Also, the simplest form of automation, you're out of office. Definitely. When you're taking time out for whatever reason. Yeah, being upfront, transparent and just managing expectations. It just makes life so much easier. And it can also crucially tell them when you're coming back. When can you book me? You can even put like, how can you book me on there? Let's talk about finances. Getting on top of your finances, if you're not somebody who's on top of your finances... Are there invoices that you need to chase or Mm. that you need to flag up now? Can you do your tax return early? Right. You don't want to be dealing with the stress of that while you're on maternity leave. And if you are going to claim maternity allowance, your national insurance contributions need to be up to date. So the more on top you are of your tax return and paying all your bits and bobs will mean you should have, in theory, less stress claiming your maternity allowance. Also, finances wise, one of the things I learnt... The hard way, the first time I had a baby, was yes, I'd stopped working for clients. But meanwhile, all my business expenses carried on. All my bloody direct debits Mm. kept going. And I hadn't ever sat down and worked out what they will add up to a month. 
And then, you know, you, you look at that in relation to how much my maternity allowance was. It's fairly depressing. Such a good point. It's well worth looking at what you can cancel, frankly. And sometimes you can cancel and then you end up getting a better deal when you re-sign up. <laughs> yeah. so, Especially you know. if it's Adobe. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Another thing you can think about prep-wise is outsourcing or even just asking for help. So the first time I had a baby, I have two now. I mean, I wish I'd listened to this, frankly, when I had my first, because I had no clue what I was doing. I just kind of scrambled through, didn't have a plan, (laughs) and tried to get work done during my mat leave using my kit days. And it was just messy and stressful, and I didn't enjoy it very much. Second time around, I worked to literally an hour before I had my baby. The famous photo of you on your laptop in the the hospital. It was in my hospital bag, my laptop, yeah. And got massively judged by one of the midwives, but whatever. (laughs) But I'd built in a plan, which was, I tried to sign off all my jobs before mat leave started, but two jobs, for whatever reason, ran over. And I had a freelancer who I know really well, who I could pass those jobs over to if required. Like she would get fully paid for them. Um, I wouldn't take like a commission, but you could think about that. I don't know. Yeah, she'd fully take them on. I would not have the stress of having to deal with those jobs while I've got a tiny baby. But also it was a freelancer that I not only trust, but she's my friend. And like, she's not going to nick my clients from me. Yeah, it's much better for you to help the client find the person to do the work than just say, oh, you'll have to find somebody else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I outsourced it that way. There's also like... um, If you're in the UK, the maternity allowance rules are you get 10 keeping in touch days. So you can work on your business for 10 days out of your leave while still claiming support from the government. And I'm not HMRC and I'm not an official advisor on this stuff. But my understanding is that they don't have an issue with you making money while you're claiming maternity allowance, but they have an issue with you working, doing the work. So outsourcing and making money in your business via somebody else is fine while you still claim maternity allowance. Mm. It could literally be your partner, for example, is given an email address for your business and is dealing with your inbox, doing your admin. They could be touting for work on your behalf. They could be lining up those deposit payments while you're still at home with the baby, like bringing in that cash. You could either do this yourself or pay someone to keep your social media ticking over or to ramp it back up in the weeks before you come back then it starts to get you back in the visible eyeline of your clients if that's the way you find your clients be it linkedin or instagram or whatever i agree with everything you've just said but but (laughs) i'm wary of advising people to actually pay someone what i did was i handed over the work to somebody else to finish the job she got paid and it took away the stress of it but i wasn't paying for somebody to manage part of my business i just say that because I know how skint I was on maternity leave and the idea of like paying somebody else to do an element of my business just would never happen. Just would never have happened. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I appreciate everybody's different. So that may work for you. But you're totally right about the build up to going back. That time's really key. You want to be remaking those connections with clients. So like I basically went back in the run up to Christmas, I think it was. I designed a Christmas card and I sent it out to basically everybody I'd ever worked with (laughs) and was like, hey, Merry Christmas. I've just had a baby, but I'm back from this date doing X, Y and Z services. Book me. But also, if you have a partner, I don't know what whether you do or what their work setup is. But Rob took, I think it was something like two or three weeks off. So he's employed, as you've probably gathered. If in that build up to you going back, 
if you have a partner and they can take some time out of their work, so they take on the baby, assuming the baby's a bit older and you can work out a way with breastfeeding and whatever else, they take on the responsibility of caring for the kid. Then you've got a couple of weeks or whatever to do all that prep to get back in the game, not just to start contacting people and touting for work, but psychologically to get back in that space. Mm. If your partner can take on childcare for a bit, it just gives you that time to move from one zone to another. You know, just get back in that headspace. You even feel like that after the summer holiday sometime. You know, it's like you need to get back in the zone. So if your partner can buy you a bit of time to do that and their work allows for that, or if you have grandparents or whatever, I don't know, that's something to talk about. Passive income. Beep, beep, beep. It's the passive income alarm. <laughs> the thing with passive income... Is it's not really passive. Well, but yeah, that's one thing. But the other mm. is that you do need an audience in order to sell mm. to in the first place. So if you don't, then it's probably not worth your effort. Mm. Genuinely, like, it, you could put so much effort into it, but instead you could be doing client work and earning money mm. and putting it in a pot. But if you do have an audience or you've already started creating that kind of thing, then yes, maybe do more of it. Those are all things you can think about to prep for. But ultimately, the biggest thing is a mindset shift about, yes, I can prep, but also it's okay if the plan doesn't go to plan. Classic example of this is the advice I hear given all the time about, and some people do this. I know there are people in the group that do this. Shout out to Rebecca Lisma. But the piece of advice that's like, it's cool, you can still work while your children nap. And when you're building a business and you've got small children, building it around nap times is not sustainable. My son stopped napping at 18 months. I think just be wary of that advice. And also, like, if they have a nap and you've got another kid and you're, you know, just watch Strictly and have a cup of tea and chill out rather than feeling you need to be, like, doing that thing, answering that email during Mm. that half hour. And ultimately, I guess, linked to that is just, yeah, being kind to yourself, being flexible in your own mind accepting that there's only so much you can do and it's just a period of your life like it will pass but yes prep 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 be kind to yourself and lower your expectations of what you can achieve because that way if you're just expecting yourself to do the bare minimum then if you do more than that it feels like a massive win everybody's experience is so wildly different like if i put this question in the group now I mean, we have. It's come up a million times in the group. Amazing. We haven't talked about it before. The range of experiences that people have is massive. The support they have, the type of business they run, what their children are like, their birthing experience and how long that took to recover from. There are so many elements of this question that are unique to you and to your family and to your business. While we can give you all this advice and I hope some of it's useful for you, never, ever try and compare what you're doing to somebody else. You need to design a plan that works for you. Don't try and like emulate what you think you should be doing or what other people are doing. You're doing a great job. You're going to have a baby. It's going to be amazing. And your business will be there when you get back. Promise. Okay, Serena, we hope that helped. But if you've got some uh, advice for Serena, as Frankie mentioned, everybody has a different experience, so please get involved. This is episode 72 in the Doing It For The Kids group. Go search for that and then leave your comments there. We'll read them out next time. When also, we'll need a question. You can ask them via doingitforthekids.net or just drop Frankie a DM. And Being Freelance podcast is actually back in the swing of things. It is back. Season 15. Uh, where have you got this podcast? Now search for 
for being freelance. Please take a listen. If you would like to book Steve Folland for your upcoming Christmas lights <laughs> switch on, please contact his agent, uh, Frankie at stevefolland.com. Me and you could, could turn on some Christmas lights together. I'll be in the Barney costume <laughs> with my purple toe. Barney has a massive tail. It's that a euphemism? Bless him. Can't really control it. It's a pretty rigid purple appendage. You sure it's not? <laughs> the shopping centre was packed. Uh-huh. Genuinely, there were lots of people. To see Barney, not Folland. Behind us, they had erected these lights to make it very showbiz. Barney sort of like rotated, you know, like doing his kind of wavy jive kind of thing. And his tail swished against these lights, nearly took them out, <laughs> nearly taking out a whole row of children. And do you know the awful thing about that? It looked like Barney found it funny. <laughs> yeah, he's only got one facial expression. Right? Could only look overjoyed at the fact mm. that he'd nearly killed a load of school children. <laughs>